0: Thank you for joining The Purpose Revolution, a bi-monthly 25-minute podcast hosted by Dr. John Izzo, where he explores how leaders and organizations can thrive in the emerging purpose revolution. Topics discussed include leadership, sustainability, corporate culture, and personal success. You will hear profound stories from illuminating people who hail as leaders from various industries shedding light on wisdom they have gathered. Over the past 20 years, Dr. John Izzo has spoken to one million people, taught at two major universities, advised over 500 organizations, is the best-selling author of eight books, and frequently featured in media. Now, here is your host, Dr. John Izzo. Hi, I'm Dr. John Izzo, and I would like to welcome you to the Purpose Revolution podcast, where we explore ideas ideas and issues around personal purpose, work purpose, and how companies can embed purpose uh, in their uh, day-to-day DNA. Today, I'm thrilled to be having a uh, conversation with uh, one of uh, my uh, favorite thought leaders and a, a man who has had an influence on me over the last uh, couple of decades, and I'm, I'm proud and privileged to call a personal friend, and that's uh, Richard uh, Leiter. And Richard is uh, not only a best-selling author, having authored 10 books, uh, sold uh, you know over a million copies uh, 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 of, of his books that have been translated into many languages, including Repacking Your Bags uh, and The Power of Purpose, life reimagined and work reimagined and has been doing incredible work all over the world at, uh, at helping people, especially in the second half of their life, but throughout their lives, to imagine uh, how to have purpose uh, right up until the moment uh, that you leave this world. So Richard, thank you for uh, being a part of this conversation with me
1: pleasure, John, and uh, I, you have been leading the Purpose Revolution, and I can't think of anybody I'd rather have this conversation with. Great. Well, thanks, and it's actually a great segue into the
0: um, this, because uh, today I really want to talk about this... Um, you know idea what I call the purpose revolution that I think is uh, happening all over the world but I and so uh, in a moment I want to talk about how perhaps each of us came to be in this conversation but I want to just begin uh, by asking you the question uh, do you believe there is a purpose revolution happening uh, all over the world in and out of business and how would you describe um, this uh, revolution around purpose that's happening
1: well I think it's a, I do believe it is happening. I think it's a movement that's uh, happening at a number of levels for a variety of reasons and three very distinct reasons. Number one is the longevity revolution which is alive mm. and well everywhere and uh in North America the average life expectancy was 46 in the early 1900s now it's in the 80s so people are living three decades longer. For the sake of what? What are those three decades all about? And what can they make them be all about? And secondly, there's the productivity revolution as it relates to work and leadership, that people are by necessity and choice working longer, but they want meaningful work. They want daily bread and daily meaning, not just daily bread or or, uh, money. And so um, people like me, for example, are working and feeling like they're in prime time even though I'm well past retirement age, as an example. And the third is the meaning piece, and that is that increasingly with people are aware of wanting a life that matters and knowing that mattering matters. And part of it is all the upset in the world and the disruption that's going on uh, drives people inward and, and meaning becomes important and community becomes important. And when community becomes important, purpose steps up as really central
0: yeah great great points Uh, and uh one of the things i would add to 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 those reasons is and i think you hinted at it is the rise of the middle class all over the world especially in the developing world so you know when people are literally living hand to mouth you may think about purpose, but mostly you're thinking about trying to survive. But as more and more people right. move into the middle class, especially in the developing world, uh, and as you said, and people live longer. Uh, this purpose becomes important, and I guess the other thing you hinted at is, is work is, you know, because in part of the productivity revolution and the way work has changed and competition, people are working longer hours at work, so, you know, it's often both people in the relationship are working, uh, and, and, and then put on top of that the millennials who perhaps look at the way their parents worked and say look i don't want to sacrifice meaning for money uh, so so i think that in addition to how long we we live this this rising middle class as well as the the, the, the way that work now is so much a part of our lives it better have meaning do, do you think that's true
1: i agree totally and i i would just uh, hitchhike on the, the concept of um, working longer and uh, when my co-author and friend alan weber and i uh wrote um life reimagined we wrote about this and alan created fast company magazine Mm -hmm. he left the harvard business review to create fast company this is in 1995 john and the uh uh the magazine had a byline that said uh work is personal Mm. well he was that's 1995 well work is personal you don't just pack it up and leave, like you did at one point, even to go on vacation or go home at night. Or, I mean, it's always with you in your back pocket. And so, if it's going to be, you're going to spend this much time doing anything, you want to do something that isn't too painful, that at least has some sense of meaning or connect, uh, connection. And the other thing that really uh, you triggered in me was that um, I met Abraham Maslow in 1969, mm-hmm. the year before he mm-hmm. died. Yeah. And the year after he died, uh, his wife came out with a book called The Farther Reaches of Human Nature. Hmm. And Maslow, and, and most people probably on this podcast are familiar with the Maslow hierarchy, but they may not be familiar that there was another layer at the very top called transcendence or purpose that Maslow at the end of his life said, you know, you could be starving and still be transcendent and he got that notion originally from victor in yeah the concentration yeah. camp where even though you're not eating and you're not doing you're being abused and all these things you still can wake up and give somebody else a crust of bread or a hug or a kind word and so not easy but i think it's in our dna as you say in our human nature to 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 be needed and to act on that need to be needed
0: yeah, it's true. It's, it's interesting, uh, Richard, you mentioned that because I have just been rereading uh, Victor Frankl's wonderful book, You Know uh, Man's uh, Search for Meaning. Uh, and yep. I reread it in part because I went to Auschwitz for the first time uh, when I was mm-hmm. doing some work uh, uh, in Poland uh, a few months ago now. And, um, you know, of course, uh, you know, for more part of Frankl's uh, logotherapy was the idea that and he was a student of Freud's, that in fact, uh, you know, man and woman's ultimate desire is for meaning, is for purpose, right? For, and that, you know, and pleasure, and, I, yeah, and, pleasure but, and pain are, what, uh, you know, not just what it's about.
1: That's, w- that's what I believe, and that's been the uh, golden thread that's been formed my work for, for decades now. And I met Frankel and spent a week with mm. him in a seminar in San Diego in 1968, when I was right out of graduate school in counseling psychology, trying to figure out what's next in my life. And uh, it was one of those fortuitous encounters where you cross roads with someone, and it completely changes your point of view on, well, not completely, but it really cements your point of view about what you really do believe. And uh, so uh, I think we're both fans of, of his uh, seminal work, and I believe uh, believers in logotherapy and meaning.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we uh, it's a great reminder, too, for anyone listening. I, I always often tell people we, we are who we expose ourselves to, right? So be very sure, careful yeah. who you expose yourself to. And it actually gets right. to where I'd like to, you know, go back for just a minute before we talk more about, you know, uh, how one activates purpose in your life and in business. You and I have both been writing about purpose kind of long before it became the word of the day, you know, for decades now. Tell me about your own journey to interest in purpose. You know, so you mentioned this experience with Frankel. You know, how did you first get as interested as you have become in this idea of purpose? Again, because you've been writing about it, uh, as I have for a long time.
1: I didn't have a language for it, but when I was a kid, uh, my dad was a banker who, a bootstrapper from counting mm-hmm. change in the basement of a bank up to being an executive in a bank. But his real passion and purpose was uh, as a counselor, and he would bring home, people home at night for dinner and counsel them and listen to them. And I saw the power of listening, and I also saw the power of of uh, or, or the uh, reality that no matter whether they're the mayor or someone who worked in a parking lot someplace downtown, everybody had similar stories in terms of what they wanted in life Mm. and what they were struggling with was similar. And so I got some awareness. My dad made me sit down and listen Mm. in those conversations, even when I didn't want to. So then I had fortuitous encounters along the way with people like, you know, I went into counseling psychology and, um, you know, moved into uh, this field through a, what used to be called a personnel lens. I was a yes, chief yeah, right. personnel officer at a couple places. But I had uh, you know, a, a daily practice I called it Lunch Hour Limited. And even though I was a what is now head of HR, uh, at lunch, if you bought me lunch, I would coach you. Hmm, and hmm. so Lunch Hour Limited, and I found that was my calling to do that. And I loved that, and I had an 80% success ratio. Hmm. 80% of the people I coached quit. And they didn't necessarily (laughs) quit the company, but they quit in terms of believing that this, you know, they changed their identity, they changed, they saw what they really wanted through gifts, passions, values, purpose. And I saw the power in this and decided this was going to be my life's work. And so last point uh, in that story, not the last fortuitous encounter, but I applied for a, a, a fellowship and uh it's called a Bush fellowship named after the founder of 3M mm-hmm. company and it's called a mid career fellowship but i got mm-hmm. it at age 29 far before mid career and i studied with the harvard study of uh, adult developments and uh, for a year and saw that's the longest standing study of adults in the world and i saw that through that research that if people didn't have a reason to get up in the morning they didn't live as long they weren't as healthy they weren't as happy uh, and on and on despite their status and their wealth mm-hmm. and so that really showed me that this was something that needed to get out there and I've been out there with it ever since
0: yeah that's fantastic and and, and, what, and thank you for doing that work uh, you know uh, all these years and uh, you know you're talking about you know uh you know being in, in you know coaching these people and you know them quitting it some in some way, and I remember a number of years ago doing a, an event for a big bank, uh and uh, I called you know series of events and i I called them to get some feedback, and the head of the division said, "Well, it was great, you know people were really excited, and they're using the stuff you did and by the way, about ten people quit. And, of course, I started to apologize. (laughs) Well, I'm really sorry. And she said, no, 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 it's okay. They were the right ten people. And she didn't mean like they were ten people we didn't like, but they really realized this was not their purpose, and they were never going to really give. And it's funny how companies are often afraid of getting people to connect to their deep purpose when, in fact, it's the very engine of their productivity and creativity.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you and I both believe this and that our age and stage, I believe we share this notion that Mm -hmm. we're going to tell the truth no matter what it is and not in a caustic way or a way that's trying to get people to quit, but trying to get people to step up to be fully engaged, whatever that engagement is. And so people say, well, I don't know if we hire you to do this. What about this? And I said, well, you know, what if they stay? What if they stay in there on yeah. half you know half energy and can you afford the luxury of that, and what are you going to do to have a courageous conversation to help people figure out what their real offer is at this stage of life and uh, most leaders uh this is the new conversation for commitment that leaders need to have, but uh, many leaders are are deathly afraid of having this
0: Yeah, you know, and and it is interesting, too, because we know, I know, uh, our mutual friend Jim Coozes, you know, has done some great work. You know, always Mm -hmm. refers to this research that shows that if people know what their own values are and feel they're living them, they're more productive and committed at work no matter what's happening in the company. So there is a way in yeah. which if people are connected to their own purpose, it's going to be an engine of, of, of productivity and commitment, no matter what's going on around you. So companies not only should be right. a, shouldn't be afraid of it, they should really be finding ways to activate it, shouldn't they?
1: Well, they should. And, and uh, another thing that is very counterintuitive is that, and Gallup has done the most research, but they're not the only ones, And that is that if you're thriving in the work world, and I don't mean just financially successful, but if you're fully engaged, the chances are you're going to be thriving in other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. And the work area, we spend so much of our time, 60% of our life energy, our precious currency, our time goes into work. If we've got a good fit there, the chances are good our health and stress levels are better, we're not bringing all that baggage home at night and you know, we've got a lot of other things uh, activated in our in our lives, so I think the career thing has taken on a larger than life mm-hmm. uh, importance these days, and therefore the purposeful work thing is really important.
0: Yeah, it's really and the move-
1: the, move- the movement that you're spawning here and uh, helping people to understand is is really a part of its self awareness and part of its the awareness culturally that this is really a necessity today.
0: Yeah, it's really true. And by the way, uh, for those listening, uh, you know, Richard's books, uh, and again, go and look and see which one is best for you. Just go to Amazon. But he has so much great work around how you can activate your purpose. Uh, so I want to recommend them highly. Let's talk, Richard, a little bit uh, before we talk about maybe how companies can activate purpose uh, within the company and with individuals. What do, If someone's listening today and saying, I really want to... A- you know, activate or reimagine, to use your words, my own life purpose. Uh, what would be the n- couple of the recommendations you would? How how does someone begin to really uh, reimagine their own sense of of yeah. personal purpose?
1: Well, so first of all, there's some myths about purpose. One is that that it's you have to have a cause. You no, know, mm. purpose is a mindset. It's who you bring to life where, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Secondly, that it will be revealed to you if you just get older or wiser or richer. No, it comes through mm-hmm. practices, which I'll share you with you now. But the th- and the third myth is that purpose is a luxury. Only you know at some point when I'm comfortable, I have the right job and just enough money, or the right age, or retired or whatever. Purpose is not a luxury. It is absolutely unequivocally fundamental to health, healing, productivity, creativity, the whole mm-hmm. longevity. So uh, three things you can do. First of all, when you wake up in the morning, you do a two-minute practice, two-minute purpose practice, and that is you take three deep breaths, really long, deep breaths, and you picture your upcoming day mm. and picture where you want to make a difference. Somebody's one person, just one person's life you want to make a difference in that day, and you say out loud, I'm going to make a difference in X, Y, Z's life today. I'm committed to that. And after a while, you start to to position your mindset for looking for the second part, which is purpose moments. Throughout Mm -hmm. the day, there's all Mm -hmm. kinds of purpose moments, a chance to step forward and and give somebody else a listen or a kind word or feedback of some sort. But always, there's this balance between self and others, self-absorption and connectivity. So it's not about being nice, necessarily. It's about being present. And so present purpose moments are about being present in those moments. And the third thing at night before you go to sleep is to look in the mirror and ask yourself, how did I do today on mm-hmm. my my morning promise to people? And uh, I, I, I tell people, and people will often say, yeah, but I still don't know what my purpose is. And I'll say, well, let me give you one and practice with this one. And then yours will kind of show up. And uh, I said, the default purpose is to grow and give. That's it, Mm -hmm. two words, grow, give. Every day, if you grow a little and give a little, at the end of the day, at the end of the week, you'll see it's a different day and a different week, and you'll start to see how do you give? What is it that is particular to you in the way that you show up, your presence in people's lives, your gift? So those are three activation things, morning, daytime, nighttime.
0: Yeah, you know, to piggyback on something you said, it hey, was great practices. You know, one of the things I often teach people to do is, is similar to your thing about how did I do today. Is just at least once a day at the end of the day to ask, you know, what are a couple of ways I feel I made a difference today in a way that matters to me, because what we pay attention to grows over time, right? So if we say, ah, that I really I felt on purpose. You know, those two times today. Then the next day, maybe, as you said, we begin to look for it. Uh, And I love also what you said, which is sometimes people get too hung up in trying to find the big purpose. And I think what you're telling us is it's often by paying attention to the purpose moments that we find whatever that larger narrative is of, of our lives, right? Rather than the other way around. Yeah. So almost like the worst way Correct. to find yeah. your big narrative is to sit around for hours trying to think about what your purpose is.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and um, you know, my purpose is to help people unlock their purpose. And the word unlock is a very important one mm-hmm. to me because it suggests that it's already in us waiting to be released or given And, um, therefore you don't have to search for it out there. You just have to practice it, be it on a day-to-day basis. And that means stepping up to making, you know, how do I know whether I'm unlocking? Well, I look every morning at these practices. These are things I do to, uh, in my own life to, uh, make a difference in one person's life every day. Now, hopefully it'll be more than that, but... I'm not, you know, I'm human. I have, I have fatal flaws like most people. And uh, so, you know, I I make, I'm off and I miss things that I shouldn't miss and relationships where I'm not so great. and, uh, But I, if I make a difference in one person's life every day, that's a well-lived day to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's such a, you know, you and I know this because we've met some, I, I think one of the privileges in both of our work is you just if you meet enough people you kind of learn a lot about life so both of us have had a chance to meet a lot yep. of people over the years and you know yep. uh, and you know when i wrote my book the 5 secrets you must discover before you die and interviewed all these mm-hmm. older people who had been identified as the wisest older person someone knew you know it doesn't take yep. you long to figure out that that the people who are focused on themselves and their own happiness are mostly miserable and the people who are focused on on serving and being a part of something larger than themselves, which could be their kids, could be some cause, could be just being kind, could be part of a big movement. it doesn't matter the scale, but that givers are simply happier than takers, but it's not even so much about being selfish, it's that it's almost like um, you lose yourself when you get connected to a purpose that's about giving. And and I remember uh, 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 the woman who wrote Biomimicry, uh, uh, Jean Venner, yep. saying to me that the purpose of all of nature is to extend and improve um, the experiment of life. <laughs> and I think right. as human beings, sometimes we forget that because we get so focused on our little narrow story, which right. is a great way to be miserable rather than happy.
1: Well, you and I both trekked in Africa together, and uh, one of the great learnings for me from hunter-gatherer tribes and other tribes is that purpose is an evolutional impulse. It's naturally in us to make things better. And when you see that that's in us, in all of us, that's the way, not through competition, but through sharing and through that kind of collaboration is how these tribes have survived for thousands and thousands of years. And... uh, so I think it's something that we, every generation has to figure out in their own way and practice
0: yeah yeah it 's true so let 's talk that 's probably a great segue into you and I were talking recently, uh, you know not in this conversation about how desperately we need the world needs this sense of purpose to be activated now. Talk to me a little bit about why you think this is such an important we talked about where it came from and maybe how it helps us as individuals. Why is it so important for the world to be Having this conversation about purpose and doing things to activate it right now.
1: Well, I think you know, if you first of all just look at population and look at the how compact things are today and how integrated or interrelated uh, things are. If we're to survive and thrive, we have to figure out how to live together more effectively. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, purpose uh, and to do that requires trust and trust comes from practices, from people who are worth trusting, and uh, so, I mean, I, like you, have interviewed many older adults who, looking back over their lives, wish, uh, if they could do their life over again, have said they wish they would have understood Mm -hmm. this basic truth we're talking about earlier in life so that they could practice it, and uh, you know, and I had, uh, and so I I think it, it gets down to these practices, and I think there's a whole breakdown in leadership trust today because for a whole lot of different reasons that we can all uh, make our own stories up about. But I think you know when you look at who's a leader you trusted, and if you named them and you said what was the characteristic that really made an impact and and made you want to follow that person or work with them, there was something about that reciprocity you were talking about that giver and taker thing that they basically were not self-absorbed, they help you bring out your best. Well, that's the power of purpose. That's bringing out who you are, your gifts, your passions, your values. I call it the napkin test. Mm -hmm. You know, just jot it down on a napkin very quickly. G plus P plus V equals purpose. You know, when you get up in the morning and you use your gifts, your most enjoyed talents on things you feel P passionate about, in an environment that fits your values, V, G plus P plus V, now you've got a reason to get up in the morning and you're happier, you're more productive, and you're probably going to be uh, make more money and be healthier as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really, really true. And, uh, and, you know, the other thing I know you and I are both involved now in trying to really a- activate purpose within companies, and clearly there is a a movement, finally, going on all across the globe, I think, where both leaders are realizing that, you know, purpose is people having purpose, a purpose bigger than profits, is an engine of commitment and of of innovation and productivity, but also um, that uh, the world needs business to step up to a purpose bigger uh, than uh, uh, profits uh, uh, what do you what do you see happening in the kind of a business community and and how do you think this purpose conversation is going to reshape the way business is done going forward?
1: Well, I think uh, not all but most leaders today that I work with, and that's a lot of what I do, like you uh, understand that a purposeful company with purposeful employees is competitive advantage. That they really can't, and when you look at the data, whether it's Gallup's data or any of the other dozens that are doing great research on this, and they say only 30% of people want to get up and go to work in the morning. And heart attacks happen Monday morning at 9 o'clock, and Google spikes in searches happen on Monday morning. Well, I mean, how can you have a a company that's really competitive in a world economy, a global economy, if only 30% of the people who are showing up want to be there? So I think increasingly we have to look at, as you're saying, a company whose purpose or mission is you know, more than just making a, a, a shareholder value. That's critical. And just making a profit in certain ways is critical, but it also has to have a sense of making a difference in the world. So I'm getting up to go to something worth doing with my valuable time. And uh, so I, I look at... Uh, Bad as the companies, and now we're starting to see the science behind this. The companies that actually have a purposeful mission and uh, are helping people in their companies understand how they can add value to that mission with their gifts, passions, and values. Their actual profits are higher and their retention rates are higher and people want to work there and they bring their own, you know, other people in who want to work there. So I think, you know, we're just seeing this shift in business schools and in executive and leadership development programs but i think it's coming pretty fast right now and it's global it's not just in the us it's not just tech companies or companies it's it's all kinds of of companies in all kinds of industries and particularly healthcare and other service ones it's where it's really important
0: yeah and you know it's it's interesting um you know in in, in my book that's coming out you know uh, uh later in uh, in twenty seventeen the purpose gap one of the things that we talk about is that there are really three waves coming at organizations the first is the employee you know, purpose revolution wave and I like to say employees are already in you know 50% of yep. millennials globally say yep. they take a pay cut for purpose you have aging yep. baby boomers who you've done so much amazing work with at AARP yep. and others who are saying look yep. at the end of my life if I'm going to keep working which I want to I don't want to do it just for money so there's the employee wave then there's the customer wave and, and all yep. over the world customers are saying I want to buy from purpose driven companies that are doing good in the world, they're routinely confused about whether the companies are actually purposeful or not, but that wave is building, and then behind that the investor wave, which is increasingly the folks even running large mutual fund companies are saying, look, more and more we're getting questions about ethics and about Environment and that, you know, I remember I was at a conference uh, a few months ago where the head of one of the biggest mutual fund companies in the world said, look, right now investors are behind employees and customers. He said, but when this wave comes and it's coming faster than people imagine, it's going to overwhelm companies. So I think any company that's kind of going, well, we'll wait and see what happens, it's a big mistake because I think that the the pace of change has accelerated in these last two decades. So now I think before they know it, it, It's going to be like really knocking at their door.
1: And it's not something, it's like technology. It's not something today Mm. you can uh, give to your IT department. You have to, as a leader, know technology. Same here. You can't just put it off on HR. This is a strategic imperative to build a purposeful culture. And so a purpose-driven culture is, I think, what most organizations want, and the key is how to do that. Yeah, and you know what you say,
0: which is so important too, uh, as soon as you said that, I, I thought, yeah, you know, some people might think this is like technology, so as soon as, like, the trend is really big, we'll adopt it, but my experience yeah. is that purpose is something that has to be nurtured over quite some time in a company before it truly gets in, in bed, uh, what, embedded, yeah. uh, so you, you can't do that, even if you want to, you can't just assign, we'll get a purpose task force yeah. now, and before we know it, we'll be purpose driven
1: yeah well I think that's a that's a big risk with any movement you'll see fads and people will say, "Well, this is just another fad like you know some other fad that came along uh, uh, in the leadership arena or our c- corporate culture arena I don't think so. Purpose is so embedded in us as human beings, and people understand it way better than we think they do they uh and I you know if I had a dollar for every parent that comes up to me when I give a speech someplace and say, do you do this for younger people? Because <laughs> I think this is so important, but they're not getting any guidance with this mm-hmm. in school. In and, and particularly as it relates to the work world, you know, so there's a lot of information, a lot of knowledge, but not a lot of wisdom of what to do, a lot of guidance for what to do with that information and knowledge. And so I think this uh, is a cradle to grave uh, uh, Movement what we're talking about here, not just for younger or midlife or older. It's all of the above.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Well, look, our time is almost up. I want to ask you two more questions. Number one, okay. if you were talking to, uh, you know, there are probably a lot of leaders listening to us today, and they say, boy, I really want to activate purpose within my company. What what would, again, we asked earlier about personal purpose. What would be the top uh, advice you would say to them to get started? Let's assume they're, they're, they're not at, at deep into the journey.
1: Well, I would say the starting point is always inside out. It always starts mm-hmm. with you, not your team, not your company. And so uh, the notion here is why you lead determines today how well you lead. So the first question is to ask yourself why you lead. And you, yourself personally, and if it's extrinsic because shareholder value or status or money or everything, it's okay if that's what it is. But that, you know, the, the research that's been done that I've studied shows that intrinsic motivated leaders and employees do way better than, than extrinsic. So the, so the why you lead question is the starting point, I believe. And that's a really tough, Uh, Question, but it's Mm -hmm. essential, and it it determines therefore what your leadership philosophy or credo is all about. What do you you know the three questions? What do you stand for as a leader? What won't you stand for as a leader? And who do you stand with as a leader? Who are the kinds of people that you want in your organization, in your team, and things like that? Those are imperative three imperative questions every leader and ask and must ask an answer in order to lead today.
0: Yeah, and I think your point is so important that uh, we sometimes want to shortcut that. I remember years ago working with a, a company and, and uh, we were working on a set of values and uh, one of the senior leaders said, well, look, you've done a lot of this work. Why don't you just give us your favorite like, set of like 30 values and we'll just choose the ones we like the best? Um, and <laughs> yeah. and it was so, and he was being authentic, right? But it he yeah. missed the fact that you, purpose is not something you can just—it's not a marketing program. And what I hear you right. say is, it's got to begin with the leaders really asking, "Why are we here? And what is the purpose of my life and my work?" And this company for me, you know, and right. how can we bring that to uh, life? And so let's assume that uh, one more follow up to that that, okay, we've done that. Let's say that we, we find an authentic purpose, the leaders have, yeah. then let's yeah. say really they believe it. It's not just a, a marketing slogan. What next?
1: Well, next is your team then. I, I would say is to sit down with your team and figure are you, what would it be like to be on an on purpose team mm-hmm. that was. Focused and aligned around this, and that we're each of us sitting around the table, we're bringing our gifts, our passions, our values to work uh, every day. And so, uh, I would be having a conversation with each of my core team to make sure I understand, I get what they're all about and what Mm -hmm. their intrinsic motivations are and what their gifts are and things like that. And so, uh, uh, I think there's no I know that there's not time to do that, but there's no time. There's 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 no progress without that. And then eventually, uh, I think it, it it needs to be extended to the organization that uh, every year I think people need to fire themselves and to uh, you know not literally but figuratively uh, ask if I were to reapply for this position, what am I bringing? Am I growing and giving in ways that are uh, useful, or am I just, uh, am I assuming that the organization is going to do it for me? And so uh, empowerment, I don't believe in. I think everybody is self-empowered. You don't empower others. But I think you give them the framework and the tools and the guidance to help them step up to new levels of, of uh, activation of their gifts and their passions, and uh, without Those without that help, people don't know what to do because most people have not had much help to figure this out before. And so it's it's good to tell people, sure, you're responsible now for your own 401K and pension, and now you're responsible for your own career. But if you don't know how to do either of those, then you need some guidance
0: yeah really important and, and probably a, a good place to uh, you know uh, to, to close is that either, you know in the big uh, Harvard study of uh, senior executives done uh, in the last couple of years around purpose, what really struck me was that um, almost all the senior leaders believed that activating purpose would make a huge difference for their profitability and performance. Um, only about a third felt they were doing a reasonable job uh, at doing yep. it, but many of them said you know, um, we don't know that leaders know how to drive purpose, and I so I would agree with what you say that you know we haven't had a lot of practice both for our own personal purpose and for the uh, way to activate it in, in 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 the in the company. So, Richard, uh, 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 you talked earlier about your personal purpose. Let me end with a personal uh, question: What's getting you up in the morning and, and most excited right now uh, to get to in, in your own life and work?
1: Well, you know, I think that uh, <clears throat> what's really exciting now—the last—I I just came out and did this PBS special that was shown in four hundred cities across the U.S. and some in Canada. But uh, and um, what I find is the hunger is really real for people, and so uh, I'm very uh, keen in these days on writing more and speaking more and. Also visiting the neuroscience labs, which I've been doing. I came out with Power of Purpose, third edition. And people said, well, why did you have to do that? And I said, because I matured. There were things I learned that I hmm, thought yeah. were essential. And in the last chapter of that book is Can Science Explain Purpose? And I, f- I find it's very exciting now and almost self-evident, John, that people don't question it so much as they might have at one point as kind of a soft or, you know, I'll get around to it someday. I think people understand that having a reason to get up in the morning is fundamental. It's not a luxury. And it's fundamental in corporations. It's fundamental to health and longevity. And, but now I've been looking at the science of it in addition to the psychology, philosophy, and spirituality of it. And, uh, and it's all coming together in ways that uh, make me want to write, speak, and, and, you know, take, take it forward as much as I can.
0: Wonderful, fantastic. Well, Richard, it has been, as always, a pleasure. If people want to get a hold of you, uh, where, where, do they, where do they reach you or find out more about you?
1: Yeah, it's just, just com, And my website has got all kinds of uh, free downloads and videos and things about any of this, and uh, particularly stories. We're both storytellers, and a lot of what's on my website are short stories that really make the point and so uh, uh, I hope uh, it's richard lighter l e i d e r dot com and that's it.
0: Fantastic. Well, let me uh, thank you and let me thank uh, those who have listened today for joining us on the uh, Purpose Revolution podcast. It's been my pleasure to spend time with Richard Leiter uh, and uh, thank you for joining us. If you'd like to reach out to, uh, to us, you can find us at www.drjohnizzo.com. That's just D-R-J-O-H-N-I-Z-Z-O.com. No period. www.drjohnizzo.com. In the meantime, live your purpose. And remember, the revolution is coming. Are you ready? I hope so. We'll see you next time. Thanks a lot.